There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. My name is Amit Man. Rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast platforms and on YouTube. Like and subscribe there as well. Join me today, Oren Weisfeld III. <laughs> from Sportsnet, Yahoo Sports Canada, and The Guardian. How are you, sir? That's like when uh, Brett Brown, remember when he was like, that was James Butler. And, and he's Jimmy like, me being like, no, that Jimmy is literally my name. Or in, or in the first for the record, but yeah. Fair. Fourth sounds better, or third. third Love the energy better. regardless. Absolutely. Um, how are you, sir? We were talking before this about how things are going, but again, let the people know. How are you? How are you enjoying your summer? You have a tan. That's good. That that made my day. All I want to hear is that people say I have a tan uh, working <laughs> on it because I look a lot better with a tan than I do in the winter. So, yeah, that's just what my days have consisted of trying to get the tan going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You and I guess Charlie Hero, too. What's he up to these days trying to come back? <laughs> He gets a tan all the time. He's wearing that bucket hat. And maybe should I will say, like, usually those guys on the broadcast are pretty washed up when it comes to their culture takes. But Tyler Hero's outfit choices are consistently awful. <laughs> like, mm. I, I totally agree with them there. It's <laughs> it's pretty shocking how mismatched he looks on the bench, in my opinion. He's Get got, healthy uh, soon, Tyler Hero. Yeah, so he can be on the court instead of disrespecting people with his, his his fits anyway okay so with the Oren, um i mean we know the deal with the raptors right now there's a coaching search we got some kind of news about sergio scoriolo that uh, he could be on his way to toronto not saying he's going to be the new coach but he could be doing another interview who knows um there's that and then there's some fred van bleed stuff along with uh, nick nurse he was introduced he said thank you to the toronto raptors the organization that was great Maybe we just leave it there. Not much more to say about Nick Nurse and the Toronto Raptors relationship. You can just move on from that and uh, wish him all the best other than when he faces the Toronto Raptors. And then we'll wrap it up with some final stuff. But uh, first, Oren. So of late with the Toronto Raptors, there were some comments and reports recently that the Raptors were still unsure where to go, the, their future. Are they going to rebuild? Are they going to try and retool and continue to uh I guess go forward with the a championship uh, title contention hopes or whatever you want to look at it. But then there's also the Fred VanVleet comment um, recently. He was with um, whatever vertical it was, the stadium. And he said that, you know, if I'm back in Toronto, when he was asked about the Toronto Raptors, and he said something very similar to what I said, I wish Nick the best, but against uh, if I'm back in Toronto, not too much luck. So there's an if factor there. But has your confidence changed at all with... Fred Van Vliet coming back to the Toronto Raptors and re-signing an extension on a scale of one to 10, 10 being he's going to be back, one being he's out of here. Where does your confidence sit today? Yeah, I, I don't think it's changed much for me from the end of the season. I would say I'm like a 7.5 if we're allowed to have 0.5s in here. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's changed for a lot of people. 
And I think the primary reason is that a, a real market has opened up for Fred Van Vliet. We've heard, you know, substantial rumors about the Lakers being interested, about the Phoenix Suns being interested, about Philadelphia being interested if Harden walks. Like, there's yeah. a lot of contending teams who I think apparently want Fred Van Vliet. That makes a lot of sense. But with the Raptors, you have to remember that all of those teams are going to be capped out. So the Raptors would have to play ball in any of those scenarios where Fred would basically go and assign a trade to one of those contenders. And the Raptors could choose just to not play ball. And when you think about the market of cap space teams, nothing has really changed. Like San Antonio obviously became more attractive because Victor Weminyama. Do you really think Fred is walking to San Antonio? I doubt it. Yeah. You know, Orlando has always been this option who could throw a big bag at Fred Van Vliet. Um, but again, I'm I'm in the same place where I was at the end of the season where I think Fred would rather come to the Raptors than one of those teams. And I think the Raptors would rather not play ball in a sign and trade and just bring back Fred on, you know, a semi reasonable deal. I think it makes a lot of sense for both sides. And so that's why nothing has really changed for me. Do you think him and Scotty Barnes can coexist? So at the end of the season, there was the Fred comment about, you know, I would love to have a dual point guard like I had with Kyle Lowry. That was great. We had success with it. Um, but do you think that can fit? Because that would also involve like a lot of reorganization of their offense. And that's going to happen anyways um, with this new coach. But that would be probably one of the like, numero priorities for that coach is how can I make this duo work? Because you still have to develop Scotty. But also you do have to give like Fred. I can't see him coming back with the the knowledge that I'm going to be an off ball player. There has to be a mix here, I would think. And also I think for the Raptors and like what they want to be, if you want to win, you probably need more of a, a mix than him just being an off ball player. Yeah. Yeah. They, they definitely need a mix and you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do this off season. Cause obviously you asked me about Fred, like if they, for example, traded Pascal Siakam for Scoot Henderson does that affect the Fred market? Like, I actually mm. think Fred would still be a good backcourt fit beside a guy like Scoot. So I'm not even sure that that takes the Raptors out of the running. But there are certainly like external factors at play here that we can't be sure of. But just in terms of the fit between Fred and and Scotty, I'm wearing a Scotty Barnes shirt, by the way. Oh, so that's no, no one can call me a <laughs> hater today. <laughs> No, I think it can work. I definitely think it can work. Um, I actually think, you know, a big concern, if you want to ask what has to happen for those two things, for those two guys to coexist, you know, defense is actually my bigger concern because neither of them are good point of attack defenders, right? Like mm. neither of them can stay in front of quick guards. And so if you're two quote unquote point guards can't defend opposing point guards, you have a real problem. I think. This is where Nurse deserves some real criticism with his X's and O's, which is that he never really put OG on an OB on elite guards until there was like five minutes left in a close ball game. Then yeah. they would make the switch, but he always preferred Fred to do it or Scotty to do it. And mm. it just it was terrible. Neither of those guys could stay in front of those guys. And, and I think he wanted to kind of save you know, OG, but OG is amazing on, on guards too. So I never mm. understood that, but I think like, even if you put OG on the best guard every single game, you still need more point of attack defense. And and Barnes and Van Vliet, they both do good things on defense. They both guard up better than they guard down, but neither of them is a great 
you know, point of attack defender. So I think for it to work, you need more of that elsewhere in the lineup. Like, for example, mm. if you re- replace Gary Trent Jr., like you need to replace him with a guy who can stay in front of the ball and he doesn't do that well. Um, on offense, I actually think, I actually just think it can work. Like Fred's a great shooter. Scotty's going to work on the handle. It's going to get better and better. There has to be, you know, Scotty's not a shooter, so there has to be more shooting around him, which was a big problem last year. The front court of Scotty, Pascal, and and Pirtle, I don't think that is tenable long term. But I do think that if you make some changes, um, a Scotty and and Fred backcourt could work. I, I think we've seen it work. I don't really feel like the need to explain it because I just think yeah. we've seen it work in glimpses, just maybe not consistently yeah defensively is is where i land right now is i wonder what this team would look like and what their point of attack defense would look like under a different coach i mean there have been several reports where assistant coaches and other teams are telling toronto reporters i mean just pick the name is that once you beat their first line of defense like you're good to go now is it just because those guys are not great point of attack defenders I don't know. It could be part of the system too. But if they were mm-hmm. to play a less more conservative system, and actually Miami Heat and Denver Nuggets, those two teams, I looked this up uh, the other day, is that they're the least pacey teams in terms of their defense in the playoffs, statistically. So it's more about your positioning and also scheming. How can you scheme around some of your flaws and how can you just take away space, the airspace of a team on their drives? And then you have digs happening, you show your length. And the Raptors obviously have length. Whatever happens with this team, they're going to come back and they're still going to have length. We know that. So under a different kind of system, I wonder what it would look like. Now, you know, being hyper aggressive versus versus being, you know, a bit more conservative, but also aggressive. It's two different MOs. And that's something that the coach is going to have to decide on. Um, I still I'm, I'm not sure. And you mentioned this, like, again, the current starting lineup, as we saw it when the season ended, can that work going forward? Is that a regular season fit? Is that something that can fit in the playoffs? I'm I'm reluctant to say playoffs just because of everything that we saw because of everything we saw. However, um, it can work for a little while. And if you want to, you know, Pascal's in a contract year, maybe you want to play it out. You want to see how things go. They could do that. And you just actually have some bench depth and you're going to win some games. How many? I don't know, but you could be in the top six because they probably would have been there anyways. Had Jacoperno been with the Toronto Raptors the entire season. I think that's reasonable to say it would have uh, shored up a lot of areas, but Another way to look at this, um, if you're you're not sure if Scotty and Fred, and also if Fred wants that kind of role, because I mean he came back like a post All Star. I was just looking at it. He was averaging 21 points on 42% shooting, 37% from three, seven assists, four rebounds. Right, the numbers were decent, but you probably compare that to Scotty Barnes's, and the numbers may have went down. So maybe you're deciding that we don't want to do either. You can call it the murky middle if you want to, but that could be a route the Raptors go if they want to ensure that Scotty Barnes is getting the reps he wants and that he needs to be the player he wants to be. But also you have OJ Anobi and Pascal Siak. I mean, you just need a point guard in the role that you were hoping Fred would be in, right? A catch and shoot player, a good point of attack defender. And that is a route they could go, right? Like looking at Memphis right now, we don't know what's going to be happening with John Morant, right? And it doesn't sound great. So that could be another opening. Maybe they don't want to go with the, I believe it's what Trey Jones um, as their starting point guard because they still want to win games. The salary is, is definitely up there with that team. And then also maybe you want to go a different route. Maybe it's a Javon Carter, right? Uh, much less expensive. A Gabe Vincent. Players like this who are 
on ball reps who are credible in the as a point of attack defender, and they're going to do their jobs. That's another route they could go that I'm exploring mm-hmm. with you as I talk it out. Those two names in particular stuck out to me. Now, I, th- I think that uh, the Miami Heat have said they want to bring back Gabe Vincent, but Javon Card is going to be available. I know that. Yeah, uh, it's Tyus Jones in Memphis. Just just yeah. I, 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 I looked that up. Um, yeah, like Trey, he's in San Antonio. Silly. Man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, those all all those things make sense that people have said and and people have brought up these stopgap options like CP3 or or uh, mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell even, which I hate okay. as an idea. I'll That's just not going to happen. That's not happening. <laughs> but, yes. but but I just don't understand the point in downgrading at the position unless mm. Fred Van Vliet makes it clear that, look, I, I want to go elsewhere. I want a bigger role, whatever it may be, which, you know, like. I've been around the team a lot. You've been around the team a lot. I think Fred Van Vliet is the type. I, I don't get that sense from Fred that he wants a big role on some team where he's the number one guy. I think he's a guy who's always adapted to the situation around him. You mentioned the numbers after the all-star break. He basically was their lead playmaker, uh, averaging like almost eight assists a game. Like, yeah, he, he he adapted to the necessities of a roster and and he's not a perfect player by any means, but... I just don't understand the point in downgrading for hmm. the simple fact of, okay, the hierarchy is now clear now, you know, P- Scotty gets these reps, all that stuff. I would rather just bring along Scotty slowly because I'm, I'm pretty afraid of what a team looks like with Scotty as their pure point guard. That's like, fair. <clears throat> I, th- yeah. I think it makes sense. Like what you said about having a guy playoff ball point of attack defender. Sure. And then your, your two point guards are essentially Scotty and Pascal, you know, I think in a lot of regular season situations, that's actually fine. You look at the Clippers, two wings bring up the ball. That's basically Mm. their team. They don't have point guards until Russ. But in the playoffs, I just don't think that's tenable. I think you need a guy when the pressure gets hot to be able to really bring the ball up the floor. And we've seen both Scotty and Pascal get picked in those situations where a small guard pressures them full court and they just don't know what to do. I just don't think that's like a tenable long-term situation. I think you need a starting point guard who I basically the reason I'm so high on Fred coming back, like I said, I'm an eight on the scale is because I haven't seen a deal where the Raptors replace him. Mm-hmm. And if they're not replacing him, why wouldn't they just throw some money at him and bring him back? Because it is money. It's expensive. Yeah, it is. <laughs> It's going like to be expensive. Like maybe they want to bring. I'm just like I'm not trying to. I'm I'm being devil's advocate, but I'm just like talking it with you because maybe they want to bring back Gary Trent Jr. Right? Maybe they still like him, and you still yep. you want to bring back Yaka Pertle. If they don't bring back Yak, then well, you're done effed up. Um, so that yeah, has yeah. to happen, right? And, and so you could get an asset back for Fred, which just against my point. That's another thing. You could probably yeah. get some real assets, a role player of some sort that could probably come your way. And the the names that I mentioned, I mean. Like those kinds of players do exist. Yes, you are taking a lot of steps back um, offensively and also defensively. Like Fred's a great team defender, right? He's mm-hmm. excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Point of attack, he may not be the same dude uh, that he was years ago, but he's damn good at his job. Um, and uh, from his comments, you know, I, I look, I like to look at Fred for what he is saying and not listen to the noise. And this quote from his end of season, I think the relationship is in a good spot good place. We build something special here. My whole NBA life is here. I think that holds some weight that hasn't changed. That's end of season. And also mm-hmm. when he was asking you know, what kind of changes he wants to see, it wasn't about, I want more opportunities. He's like, let's just pick a style and roll with it. 
because he was the, probably the person that was, you know, I'm off ball, I'm on ball. It was a lot of switching. Now that can be a good thing, but probably for him, um, some stability would help everybody. Um, and uh, role acceptance, that all goes into what the Raptors are hoping they can be in the years to come. And, you know, a pecking order does make sense. Um, sometimes yeah. it's not the best to have, you know, we, you're going to have a, this is our number one guy today. That's our number one, number one guy the next day. They're not the Denver Nuggets. Only the Denver Nuggets are Denver Nuggets. And also Jokic is obviously number one there too. Right. Before we get off of Fred, I just want to say, cause you reminded me with his team defense. An- another reason I'm, I'm pretty high on him coming back is just cause I think he's the leader of this team and like people underrate that stuff, but like mm. there's a huge void. If Fred Van Vliet is gone, I don't know who the vocal leader of the team is. And mm. that's not just an, a locker room thing. That's like, you watch these games and Fred is talking constantly on defense. Yeah. He's like, he's like, cause they never had a center until Pirtle. He was like the backbone of the defense, always telling guys where to be same thing on offense. He's constantly directing things. So I think his role is too big. There's no doubt about that. He needs a smaller role. If he's going to like reach his full potential as a player, he shouldn't be this guy with a huge usage running all the pick and roll. But I do think that he's more valuable to the Raptors than he is to anybody else. And I just think all those reasons make it likely that he'll be back. I mean, I would, I would agree with you. Um, I mean, there were some reports that, you know, Messiah Jerry wasn't happy with Fred Van Vliet's stance during the offseason. You always got to pay attention with where are these reports coming from? Is it a reporter 95,000 kilometers away? Or is it someone who's a bit more local? Those are things to keep in mind. Some people are just- I only listen to Woj and Shans. are my only, like, trustworthy sort. Honestly, like, 100% trust, yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. Um, there's a lot of uh, quote-unquote reporters out there, experts, yeah. newsbreakers. Yeah. Um, okay, so Nick Nurse, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, he is now a Philadelphia 76er. Real quickly, I don't know if you – did you watch his presser yesterday? I did, yeah. Home, homework for the pod. <laughs> and you saw his uh, his comment or his IG message this morning? Yep. Yeah, so off that, you know – where do you stand with Nick Nurse and the Toronto Raptors? Like, what is their relationship? Are they good, or has it informed anything for you, or is it just Amit? Don't ask me this. Let's move on. No, I'll quickly say like I chose not to like kill Nurse in in like column writing kill. Like, I yeah. think the media here has been pretty nice to him, all all things considered. But I do think when he had those comments in Philadelphia. I think it was a really kind of sad way to go out of Toronto because they did build a great thing for 10 years. And Mm -hmm. when he knew that it was coming to an end, instead of keeping his mouth quiet and being professional like most players do, he chose to speak up about it and basically put his resume out there and say, like, look, I'm probably going to be a free agent here. and, And here's the reasons I'm a great coach. And I thought that was just it was just an unprofessional thing to do at the time. And I really think it soured the relationship, you know. Masai said he made a mistake. Nick Nurse made a mistake when he made those comments. Masai also said like he forgave him and everyone has moments of weakness. And I don't think like they hate each other or anything like that. But I do think when it comes to like him not thanking the city and and you not seeing any players thank him from from a Raptor standpoint, we haven't really seen any players. I I think it does have to do with the way it ended. And it could have ended a lot better than it did. And I I think Nick has to take a lot of responsibility for it ending on a sour note with his comments in Philadelphia a couple of months before the season. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Season ended, but that's about all, all I can say. Yeah. No, I hear that. And uh, on Hustle Play, Chris Boucher said something during the episode too, where he's just like, it was kind of weird when he made those comments. And those did make their rounds in the Raptors locker room. I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, I'll just leave it, leave it there. But that's something that's obviously notable. Even if a, a player in your dressing room says, hey, I want to be traded to the media, that's still going to make its rounds. And the comment itself, it's hilarious. It was in Philadelphia. Wow. Okay. <laughs> And I think it's funny because Keith Pompey started the Philly presser. He got the first question too. Uh, so Nick Nurse's coaching free agency kind of began and ended with Keith Pompey. Yeah. Very random. Yeah. Ain't that. He loves Toronto. Pretty sure, doesn't he? <laughs> I think at some point, and maybe once uh, we're done stewing over how things have ended with the Toronto Raptors and also with Nick Nurse, you can look back at the good times. Upon reflection, coach of the year, he dealt with the Tampa year. He won a title. Um, he gave us some of the best memories that this franchise has had in quite some time. And uh, he was a pro outside of that last part for the entire time. And um, he did some great things for a lot of the players in the franchise. So all the best, sir. Um, maybe James Harden does come back, right? Maybe. And uh, I don't think a Tyrese Maxey, Fred Van Vliet backcourt is going to is gonna work. So I don't really buy those rumors either. I think hopefully Nick Nurse knows that too, even if you do have Joel Embiid back there. But yeah, let's talk about the coaching search. Why wouldn't we do that? Let's talk about the coaching search. <laughs> so um, the news today was Sergio Scariolo um, may be on his way to Toronto, um, according to a report from, oh, I forgot the guy's name. Damn it. Um, I had it written down here. Will Fochi, I believe his name was. Anyways, he is reporting that uh, after a playoff game, Sergio is going to be making his way to Toronto. It's, he's not suggesting that it's going to be for to sign a contract. It's going to be for probably a last round of interviews and a few of the other names that could be there. There's uh, Darko in Memphis. There's Jordy Fernandez, David Adelman, um, Chris Quinn. Those are the kind of names that I think are are in this mix, but definitely Sergio is up there. So yep. where do you land on on him coming back? to Toronto and being uh, their head coach based off what we know. And also just the circumstances around Nick nurse leaving. And then this is the next guy. Yeah. I, I do think uh, Josh Lewinberg also reported that they're doing like final round of interviews this weekend slash week. Mm. You know, I don't think Sergio would fly all the way to Toronto on a, you know, an unlikely chance. I think it's probably down to him and one or maybe two other guys. And like, if he's flying to Toronto, he knows that he's really in the mix here. Um, You know, never hurts to bring back a guy who has existing relationships with the core members of the team. I'll say that. Um, I, I think from what I know about Sergio, which is limited, you know, energetic, upbeat guy, he's Spanish. So like, that's, that's kind of, I, I think what you think of Spanish people is, you know, they're 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 upbeat, they're talkative, they're happy, whatever. And I think he'll bring a lot of like Euro basketball mentality to an NBA locker room in a healthy way. 
Um, and I'm not even just talking about X's and O's. I'm talking about like not putting up with the BS of mm. NBA players. And like if he's used to that's going to be an adjustment for him. I don't think it'll be an easy one. But I actually think that there's some positive in kind of coming over it with somewhat of a blank slate, not living your whole coaching career where you treat this superstar differently than you treat this superstar like in Europe it doesn't that culture doesn't exist so I think that's healthy that he'll come with that and thoughts on the coaching search in general I just think like the Raptors need to go with personality over X's and O's in in the sense of like all these finalists they're all smart guys they're all going to learn on the job they're all going to get better they're all going to learn their players and, and learn how to put them in better situations and stuff but as we saw with Nick Nurse, who's a great X's and O's coach, if you can't relate and connect to players, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. And I think that's true more than ever right now in the NBA where players, the league is younger, they're richer, there is more distractions. You need a coach who can really get these guys to buy in. And, and I think that comes with actually like them liking you as a person mm-hmm. and respecting you, not just sure. as a coach, but as a person. So I think that's what the Raptors need to covet is like a good connector, a good personality more than anything. Yeah. And coaching has changed so much. And I talked to CJ about this too, and he made a few good points, but something that I was focusing on is that, you know, the way a coach was operating in like 20 years ago, is just not the same. Now there's so much reading react that's baked into mm-hmm. um, NBA offenses, NBA defenses. And, um, it's because because of that, uh, you you do need to just like the work is done leading up to the game, and obviously there is some work in the game, but during it to make sure that you're getting the best out of your players, um, they just need to hear you and they need to want to hear you. Um, and with uh, Steve Nash, for instance, like he was in his Brooklyn time, um, his comment on his final days there was like, I think uh, they're not they're tuning me out now. They're not listening to me. Um, that is common. That is common in today's mm-hmm. NBA, right? And if Quicker. you, yeah, 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 and uh, if if you don't have the ear of the players, then it doesn't matter how great you are at X's and O's; it's not going to work. Um, so I think the names that have been suggested, um, based off of like, the work that I've done, um, they're all personable people. They're all well liked by players. Players want to see them get this next jump. With I'm talking about the the ones that are in the NBA currently as assistants, and for Sergio. Um, I mean, don't look at the fact that he was an assistant and that he's part of the Nick Nurse coaching tree or he was part of the old regime. Like, the Sergio's different, man. Like, this guy has won every single place that he's gone. And I actually stumbled upon a clip um, a couple of days ago of it was Sergio and he was asked about, you know, how he could become an NBA head coach or how we could see, like, that become more of a norm. And he made this point saying that no one is going to go from being a European head coach to becoming an NBA head coach. You're going to have to be an assistant for a little while, get your reps in so people find you more credible. And then you could perhaps get this jump. Look what he's doing. Look what he's done. He did exactly that. And I think he may have left. I mean, he left after what the Tampa season, probably that was a hard one for everybody. And maybe just got homesick. Maybe just wanted to go, go back um, to some familiar, familiar faces at home, whatever the case is, but I don't doubt that he wants this. Right. Um, and a motivated person is someone that I definitely want um, as my, my my coach and anyone that uh, probably of this five people that we're talking about, they're all going to be motivated and I think they're all going to be effective. Who's the best? I mean, sh- I don't know, man. Um, it's going to be down to interviews um, and how they're selling selling themselves and how they're selling their vision. But uh, I don't doubt Sergio yeah. could do that. That's for sure. The reason I've been on 
Sergio the whole time, the highest on him is because we don't have a lot of information, but the one thing we have is like past performance. Mm -hmm. And like you said, he's won everywhere he's gone. So that's like the one thing we can really grade these yeah. coaches on. And Sergio deserves a chance in the NBA purely based on, you know, forget the fact that he has a relationship in the Raptors organization, was mm -hmm. an assistant coach. Forget the fact that, you know, he, he played a big role with the bigs, with Mark and Serge. Like, he he wins everywhere he goes. And I watched Eurobasket uh, last summer and was amazed at how hard that Spanish team played. Yeah. Like, that's, that's the buy-in that he got from that team. And that's a different situation because it's a culture of, of many years developed in Spanish basketball. But he's been the coach for many years. And, and like... The, those guys were not the most talented team in the tournament. You had this, the the Frances of the world who they beat in the finals. Like, but they they played harder than anyone, and they they were on a string better than anyone. And I think when I watched that, I'm like, yeah, this guy he he can really come. And what was our problem with the Raptors this past season? It seemed like at times they didn't really care. That they weren't really yeah, interested. That they, exactly. that they lost that Raptors culture, whatever the hell you want to call it. We were watching a team that just wasn't the one that we knew, even though a lot of the same players were there from the previous season. So um, if it is Sergio, great. Jordy Fernandez, awesome. David Adelman, go down the list. Um, I think Masai and Bobby, the reason why this has been so exhaustive is that they know they can't bleep this up and they're not going to. That's yeah. why it took eons. Um, anything else on uh, the coaching search or are you good, sir? No, I'm good. I think I'm, I th I'm expecting it next week. Um, so there'll be some, some Raptors news that we can all finally like have something concrete to say about instead of just wild speculation, which is what Twitter has turned into <laughs> recently. I'm seeing like D'Angelo Russell from Fred Van Vliet sign trade. I'm like, God, you people need something else to do. I'm going outside to work on my tan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's when I go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. So game one of the NBA finals, Nuggets and Heat. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a it was a fun game. There's a lot of takeaways from it. Um, but you could right from off the get go, you could see the contrasting styles and how they were picking at each other. You know, even though obviously the Nuggets won and um, they built an early lead and didn't really relinquish it, um, you could see where the Heat could do some damage. Now, Duncan Robinson and Max Struess going one of fourteen is a huge problem because to me, if they're going to win this series, they need threes to go down and they need to make sure that they're winning that by a sizable portion also they need those guys to be playmakers too but anyways um just like takeaways from the game and uh were you surprised at the result actually i know you're a, a member of heat culture so I'm, I'm curious on what you're thinking after that game has it uh, phased you at all it's weird i'm not even a i'm actually a member of denver culture all season i've been really <laughs> high on denver and i love them because i love i like jamal murray and and i love the two-man game it's so fun to watch so i still think denver's the better team I picked them in seven, but I just like what you're referring to is I tweeted that I saw a lot of people pick Denver in five. And I was just like, that is so disrespectful to this Heat team that has beaten everyone against the odds. And like people mm. are continuing to pick against them and not even give them two games. And I think that's a little I just think it's a little disrespectful to not even give them two games like Denver's good, but they're not a juggernaut team. Best, you know, top team of all time type of team. They're they're a really good team. I'm not freaking out if I'm a Heat fan after this game. Like, yeah, the size is alarming. Denver has a ton of size on the Heat, and that stood out. That's my problem. But there are, but yeah, there are on, adjustments. 
for sure. And it was it was Eric Gordon just Aaron Gordon just killing them. He got Vincent on the switches and he literally like made it look like it was me out there defending him. Like he had no problem putting him under the basket. Yeah. I actually think there's a couple simple adjustments the Heat should make, you know, that that can turn this series the threes obviously have to go down. I thought they got pretty good looks, but on defense, the the two adjustments I would make is play Lowry more. Like he was great. He didn't yeah. play enough for me. Um, start him for Vincent, even if you want to get crazy, because if Aaron mm. Gordon gets Lowry on a switch, I'll tell you right now that it's not going to go down like that. Like he will get the best of him a couple times, but Lowry will also get the best of him. And it's just not going to be good offense. Yeah. Like Lowry has functional size that Vincent doesn't have. So I mm-hmm. like that matchup a lot more. I like, I think this is a Lowry series. The other thing is I think Jimmy has to just guard Jamal Murray every game. Like enough of this, like, right. Yeah. You can't let Murray warm up. And he's, he's a type of guy who he's like Devin Booker this way. He likes to like start inside out, like score a couple easy ones, post up smaller guards, get, see a couple go down and then he'll space it out and start taking some threes. I think you just need to put Jimmy on him and like, kind of take away the Murray option as much as you can from the start, because when Murray's going and Jokic is going, it's impossible. So you have one of the best wing defenders in the league, put him on Jamal Murray. And I think those are the two adjustments I want to see the heat make. It's still Denver series to lose. They're just such a well-rounded and big and, and good shooting team. Yeah. But I think the heat are going to make it a really competitive series still so with the jimmy butler on jamal murray is you're thinking that they would just switch that pick and roll with Jokic? i don't think you can switch that pick and roll no matter who like like bam has to stay glued to Jokic. i think so i i don't know if you can switch that pick and roll in general like but Mm -hmm. the problem is what was happening to the nugget to the heat was that you know they switched that pick and roll a bit, but they they were obviously fine switching all the other screens. And and it killed them because it got Aaron Gordon on Vincent a lot. And so you have to be comfortable switching the other screens, I think, which is why I kind of want to see Lowry start because he's a much more switchable defender. And and yeah, with with the the two men game with those two, there is no real answer. I don't think switching is it, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but but still, it's like if Jimmy is going over the screen and chasing, I'd rather that if him him chasing a screen over Jamal Murray than, you know, a Gabe Vincent doing it. Yeah, he can get through a little bit easier. And now the screen navigation on both teams was pretty impressive last night. They were they were working and it's not easy. You have Bam on one side and Jokic on the other. If you're trying to get mm-hmm. through those screens. Best of luck to you. There was this hit that Jokic did on Bam. And I swear it was like a Matrix moment where he just like catapulted back. I'm like, that's Bam. Had a bio. Granted, yeah. Jokic has 30 pounds on him, and that, that was a reminder that that's how big Jokic is. Incredible talent. I wonder if we see more or we see Kevin Love at all. Um, it's yeah. not the best option. Possible. It's not the best option. Let me make that very clear. It's not a great option, but you don't have many. And uh, Highsmith, he's definitely going to play. Um, Caleb Martin, this may not be his series. Granted, he was maybe MVP <laughs> last round, but this may, may not be the best fit for him because you just got to think about the numbers yeah. itself. And like, you got to have Jimmy and Bam on the court as much as possible. You need more size outside of that. You probably want one of your movement shooters out there, Max Struess, um, 
or Duncan Robinson. I think they didn't end with that lineup last night, but I think it's good for their offense to have one of them out there, right? Maybe they're going to be targeted, but there's other players yeah. on Denver you could target as well. Like that's playoff basketball. Um, it gives them a dimension that they could probably use. I think they do need to use more on ball screens, um, especially um, just as soon as you cross half court, like just make that screen happen, try and get some momentum going towards the basket. And uh, maybe some of your, your shooters, Gabe Vincent, Kyle Lowry, whoever it is as a ball handler, Use them and maybe the threes go down, right? But you got to get Jokic moving. Um, and so like the cross matches, just get really funky with it. And I think um, hopefully, you know, after this game, I'm sure that the adjustments are going to be in place where their offense is going to be a bit more fluid. Uh, I mean, it was like one action, then the possession was over and they just seemed really bit uh, very disjointed. And I think that will probably change uh, afterwards. But getting Jokic going east, west, north, south, he, you got to move him around. He is your ticket to um, to offense. Like I didn't I had less hesitation yeah. about their ability to score in this matchup um, because I thought, bam, he was going to have a good series. Maybe you want his 13 of 25 to be 18 of 25. And maybe in a few years it will be right now it's 13 and 25, but he's going to get his 20 and 10 or, or whatever. And probably Jimmy's a bit more aggressive, but your, your three point shooting, you have to win that matchup. Um, and you have to bank on also Denver, not, you know, just going off from three. Cause they could do that too. Michael Porter jr. Missed some pretty good looks last game and they may not yep. be missed this time around. So the options are there for, for Denver. Like, I mean, even if you find a way to neutralize just a bit that Murray Jokic pick and roll, they could just be like, all right, well, Aaron Gordon and Jokic, let's do a pick and roll. Why not? Let's have fun. Like they just have a lot of ways in which they can attack Miami. And that's why they have to live with the results of just putting all their size in the, in the lineup and doing what you can do. I can't believe they, they don't have a legit small forward. Like, Wow. A true small forward. I can't believe Miami is going in this position where they're trying to win championships and they don't have that. Yeah, it's weird because they have a roster that you look at it and it's lacking in a lot of areas. And yet the reason I'm confident in them is Mm -hmm. is because every series different guys have stepped up. And like you said, it might not be a Martin series. I don't think it's a Vincent series. I think it's a Lowry series. But like, I'm yeah. confident that Lowry can come off the bench and step into that role and, and step into a bigger role and be fine. And that's the thing about the Heat is they just, you trust that they are going to have different guys step up in different series. You trust Eric Spolster to put them in those situations. I think in general terms, they need to outscore the Nuggets. <laughs> like they just have no way of stopping Jokic, right? No, no, they don't. That's just the unfortunate truth. But I do think that they can outscore them in, in three or four games because, like I said, if you take Jamal Murray away by by putting Jimmy on him, you really limit Murray that way. And then what if a mm-hmm. couple of the other shooters go cold, like like a MPJ or or an yeah. Aaron Gordon? And meanwhile, you have Max Struess and Duncan Robinson and these guys coming in and, and come, a couple of them get hot one game, a couple of the other. That's why I actually think it's possible that they could outscore the Nuggets in a couple of these games. Like, they just don't have any great defensive solutions, but they have a lot of different guys, different options who they can try out. See a Lowry here, see a Kevin Love here. And, and yeah, like a Duncan Robinson, a Mastroos. Like, the, these guys are going to show up in some of these games. And I think some of the Denver shooters might not eventually like Jamal Murray is shooting 40% on eight threes a game in the playoffs. This is an insane run that we're witnessing. And I, I don't know if it's going to continue, but we'll need three more. <laughs> but yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And the other thing is that Jimmy's just going to be better. Like 
we're we're gonna see at least one Jimmy game, and that wasn't it. He did not. He he missed a lot of easy shots. I thought, but he'll be mm. better. Listen to this podcast. You heard me say once or twice that you know after we got to three zero Miami in the Celtics series, I had tweeted Nuggets in five, um, and then I walked it back to Nuggets in six uh, yesterday. I just thought that you know Jimmy gets you a game, Heat culture gets you a game. So yeah, I, I agree. It, I kept it safe. I kept it safe that way, but. Um, Game two, I mean, easy for me to say that, obviously, but game two is going to inform us a little bit more. Um, you could see that the, there's a bit of a wear and tear on the heat. Like th- there was a grind, definitely trying to get to Denver and being ready for that yeah. game, but they showed up and probably under the circumstances, you know, what was the, they scored 104 points, right? You, you hold Denver to 104 points, that kind of three point shooting. You hope you win that game if you're Miami and they did not But with this team and how resilient they are, there's reason to believe they could do it again and again and again. And then once yeah. you get to Miami, hey, you're in Miami now, right? Now you're, yeah. home. you're at home. Yeah, like this, the silly thing is that I actually don't have like any great logical argument that the Miami Heat should push this to seven or win the series. But <laughs> I just believe that they're going to find ways to win three games. Like they're, they just find ways to win. And it's not even like we can sit here and guess what those ways are because they're always different. But they have found ways consistently to win games in the playoffs dating back the last three years. I'm not looking at this Denver team as some sort of juggernaut that they cannot find ways to win against this team. So that's kind of where I am. It's not logic. It's like you said, it's Jimmy, it's Spo, it's Heat Culture, it's a bunch of guys stepping up. And I I just think that's what's going to happen in this series. If the Heat win the series, will you get a Heat Culture tattoo? I'm untatted, so it won't be my first, no. Okay. Maybe if I had a lot of tats and I didn't care anymore, which I think what happens, like you're just like, yeah, another one. But first tat, heat culture tattoo. I, I don't think my friends would respect me anymore. Would you get a Sergio Scariolo tattoo if he becomes a Raptors head coach? <laughs> and we won the championship. I would consider it as like okay. a second tattoo. Yeah. That's a great in. I mean, like once Sergio's here, I mean, it's kind of free reign, right? Fresh faces. You, it's an opportunity to make an impression. If you show him, hey. Sergio, look what I got in my bicep. Take picture of him. He would be so freaked out, I think, yes. if he saw that. Yeah. Yes, he would. Okay, Oren, but... thanks, man. I appreciate you. Everyone have a great weekend. Uh, closing thoughts, or anything uh, you got coming up? Anything fun? Uh, nothing crazy, but excited for uh, excited for the NBA Finals, honestly. And uh, excited for, you know, in July, we got Global Jam happening in Toronto. Mm-hmm. People should... People yep. should get out to that. Cheap tickets, good basketball. And then in August, we have the FIBA World Cup. So that's that's right. all exciting Canadian basketball stuff coming up. Right on, right on. Plant the seed. Shade of Toronto. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Have a great weekend. Again, Warren, you're awesome. We'll talk soon.